John Tavares is coming to play with Austin Matthews, with Mitch Marner, for Mike Babcock, for your Toronto Maple Leafs. Seven-year, $88 million deal. I did two shows over the weekend for NHL Free Agency. And the Saturday show was the build-up. Went till, I think, 8 o'clock at night, and we were waiting. Is Tavares going to go back to the island? I kind of got that feel at first because we were jerked around a bit when Steven Stamkos made that decision. He was being courted. He was going out. He was another mild-mannered, quiet guy. Uh, Tavares, maybe he doesn't want the Toronto spotlight. I was thinking that might be the case. Lou Lamorello brings in Stanley Cup winning Barry Trotz. It looked to be the same pattern, and that's how you would have sold it if you're Lou Lamorello. Say, look what I just did in Toronto. Look what I just did. That franchise was floundering for well over a decade. It was a joke, and I helped turn it around. I'm going to do the same in the island. So stay here. I got Trotz. We'll build around you. Pass the pass. Don't worry. That was the pitch I'm sure that was made. Leafs apparently, obviously, made a compelling case themselves. And in the end, and you heard it right there, and we'll play some more sound from John Tavares' press conference on Sunday. A little bit later on in the show as we take you up till 1.55, and then it's the last match of the round of 16, Columbia versus England at the World Cup. But you heard him say he, it was outside his comfort zone. It wasn't an easy decision, but he wanted to do it. And in the age and conversation of the, the super team, with Boogie Cousins signing with the Golden State Warriors. Everybody in an uproar over that. This is Toronto's version. And LeBron James, the news broke, going to L.A. and try to create some super team of his own, another one. This is, I think, the closest we're going to get to our version of LeBron James coming home to Cleveland. This is our LeBron moment. We have one of the best players in the game. Coming home, and you are now stacked up the middle. What do you hear from our insiders on the station all the time? Good teams. In general, what do you have to do? You build up the middle. Great wingers, you can find they're much more common. But, oh, if you had that extra centerman, if you had that second, we have three. This is, this is your down the middle. John Tavares, Austin Matthews, Nazem Kadri. How do you like that, Toronto? How do you like that? Wow. The new world order of Leafs hockey. It's, and people who say, and yeah, do, still need defensive help? Yes. But I pointed to this. Look what the Penguins did when they won their cup most recently. They had Chris Letang, but he was out. They went with elite. If you can't have the full picture, you're always going to be trying to complete the pie, right? You, you want, want a top, true top-pairing defenseman. Is Morgan Riley a true number one Defenseman parent? No. But that's who we got. So you're contributing all, or investing all this money to John Tavares. So the comparison to the Penguins is they went elite level scoring, elite offense, overwhelmed you with stellar goaltending and a good enough defense. Is Freddie Anderson the guy who could be the stellar goaltender for Toronto? He showed last year he could be for the most part. So for the Leafs, and, and right on Twitter, at AndyMC81 and at TSN1050Radio, you can tweet us your thoughts on this. People say, well, they still need a, a number one defenseman. Yeah, but enjoy the moment. And then I was getting tweets on, well, they should just trade for Eric Carlson. I love the enthusiasm, folks, I do. And, and, and if, this was, if this was in the 90s before you had the strict salary cap and you needed an accountant to try to make even a fantasy trade with your friends... 
Hell yeah, go for it. Load them up, bring in Carlson, bring in whoever you want. Can't do that. Unless something insane happens, the Maple Leafs are not going to go get Eric Carlson. It's too much money. Too much tied up. Because don't forget, just how it is now, you still got to pay Matthews, you still got to pay Marner, maybe Nylander, and other contracts are going to be rolling up. Would it be great? Sure. Not going to happen. So that is the model I think the Maple Leafs take. You go the Pittsburgh route. Overwhelmed with offense. Great goaltending. Good enough D. And you get, you know what? I want some boring defensemen, guys. I want some boring defenders. I don't even want to know their names boring. Old school like Jamie McCowan from the 90s with Gilmore. I want old school boring. Stay at home. I don't want mistakes. I, don't, I have flash in Riley and Gardner. I got flash. I got guys who are going to be careless. And who are also going to wow. I want boring, stay-at-home defenders. You give me those with Freddie in between the pipes, with that lineup right down the middle, baby, and I think we got something special. Now, you do, in that free agency period, we did lose JVR. And I think people write off too easily. Ah, let Van Van Riemsdyk go. That's 36 goals out the door. Now, you get Tavares, so that helps, obviously. But you lose JVR. You lose Tyler Bozak. You get JT, so that's, that obviously isn't going to be felt as much. But now you have the pieces, and you can start to promote from within. Look at the year the Marlies had, right? The one that called her cup. Now you can get that flood and that tradition and that legacy of what it means to play Maple Leafs hockey, just like Babcock had in Detroit, like the Red Wings had for 20 years. You had the people playing in the pros, showed the minor leaguers who were coming up, what it meant to be a Red Wing, how you played. Now the Leafs got that. And you keep that funnel going. Because as great as that free agent signing is, and it's an all-timer, as far as a Toronto athlete choosing to come home in their prime, we're not having a guy at the end who wants a cup of coffee and say, yeah, yeah, it'd be cool to play for the Leafs. We're not talking like an Eric Lindros here who comes at the very end. No, no, no. You got a 27-year-old stud, one of the best in the business, choosing to come to Toronto, choosing to come back, and choosing to help this team win a championship. That's special. I can't think of a comparison. A Toronto athlete in his prime coming down, playing. Can you? I, I, if anybody does, tweet me in at AndyMC81 at TSN 1050 Radio. In their prime from the GTA, playing for a Toronto sports team. Can't think of one. Now, the question becomes, and by the way, in the show today, we got play-by-play voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Joe Bowen, at 12.30. Boy, you got to think Bonesy's excited. Right, B? JT and Matthews. What's the power play going to look like? Do you split them up? Do you stack them? We'll talk to Joe Bowen at 12.30. James Herbert, NBA writer for CBSSports.com at 1 o'clock. Go over LeBron to the Lakers, Cousins to the Warriors, and what does it all mean for the Toronto Raptors? Oh yeah, maybe Kawhi Leonard's going somewhere too. He wants to go to L.A. Got to be traded though. What does that mean for the Raptors in the East? And at 120, Keegan Matheson from Baseball Toronto will stop by. And it's the return of Jose Bautista tonight, folks. Hey, do you realize that? From the Mets. And he's playing okay. He's actually not doing too bad. Stunk with the Braves. Went hitless on Canada Day, but before that, had, well, hit, hitting four straight games. 
Not bad. So Joey Bats makes his return to Toronto tonight as the Jays have a mini two-game interleague series set with the New York Mets. Our Twitter poll question, at TSN 1050 Radio, at AndyMC81, with John Tavares here, with Austin Matthews, the foregone conclusion was that the captaincy would go to Matthews, right? Obviously, first overall pick, the future. Now you got Tavares. Who do you want to be the next Maple Leafs captain? Do you want it to be JT? Do you want it to be Austin Matthews? Or no captain, go for assistance? And you just keep rolling like that. You can't decide. Not worth the hassle. So do you want Tavares, Matthews, or no captain at all? At AndyMC81 on Twitter, at TSN1050 Radio. Let's see if the boys in the back want to chime in on this. I'm going to say, if it's me, you sign the big dog, give me John Tavares as the captain. Keith Bauer, do you want Tavares, Matthews, or no captain at all as the next Maple Leafs captain? I want Tavares for a couple of years as he grooms Austin Matthews to be captain. I think it would be so very take over? I think, What's that? So he would so Matthews would take over for Tavares while Tavares is still on the team is what yes. you're saying? Yes. Ooh. I just I think it'd be very unfair not to give Austin Matthews that captaincy. I think from the day he was drafted, I he was destined to wear that C. It seemed like that was the that was the promise um, and the plan. But the, at the same time, like there's almost a part of me that wants to give it to Austin Matthews now because I don't know how you could like we essentially still have that same core of Leafs players, that young group that's coming together. Right. And you're signing this big free agent. And I understand he's been captain of the Islanders for most of his career there, but I just don't know how I'd feel about this new guy coming in and all of a sudden being captain of a team that he really doesn't know too well. And that's the other side of it, too. Right? He's, he's coming in. John, John Tavares is the newcomer. Sean Lavery, our esteemed producer, what are you thinking, buddy? I think uh, Austin Matthews is kind of impartial to the whole thing, if I had to guess, just based on his personality. Um, so if, Taver- if Tavares gets the captaincy, then that removes all the pressure uh, from Matthews in terms it of all the off-ice it. craziness that is Toronto. Um, and Austin, I think he's the kind of guy that he just wants to go out there and score, right? He doesn't he really just care wants to play. what the letter is on his jersey. Right. So I guess he's probably impartial to this whole thing, so he'd be okay with Tavares being captain, and that'd be my choice as well. And you know what? We'll ask Joe Bowen that question too, because some guys don't care. The captaincy, it seems to me, is so much more important to us, the fan base, and in the media. People know who the leader is in the locker room, whether you have a letter or not. On those Edmonton Oilers teams, it was Messier. Gretzky had to see Messier was the emotional leader. So does it even really matter? Or if it's going to be a thing in the locker room, do you say, okay, forget it. We'll have four A's, four assistants. Everybody rolling around and we'll buy a year. The problem with that is, though, is that every year after, the same conversation is going to keep coming up until you choose a captain. That's kind of where, where that settles. So, at TSN 1050 Radio, at AndyMC81 on Twitter, who do you want to be the next Maple Leafs captain? John Tavares, Austin Matthews, or no captain? JT leading the way so far, 48%. Matthews at 33 and no captain at 19%. Now, uh, other Maple Leafs signs, a little less exciting. We mentioned the departures in JVR and Tyler Boza. Uncle Leo as well. Lou Lamorello got, got one ex-Leaf. He got Leo Komarov going to Long Island. So the Leafs also signed forwards Adam Cracknell and Josh Juris, as well as defenseman Martin Marincin and Jordan Subban. We got a Subban, just not the really, really good one. We got Jordan Subban. Uh, other notable NHL signings from over the weekend. Joe Thornton, one-year deal in San Jose. Thomas Hurdle, four-year contract in San Jose as well. James Neal, off to Calgary, five years. How about that? Roman Polak, 
one-year contract in Dallas. Mentioned Uncle Leo there. JVR and Bozak. So JVR, five-year, returns to Philadelphia. And Bozy's off to St. Louis. Now, the other huge free agent news over the weekend was outside of hockey. I was was doing an NHL free agent recap show here on TSN 1050 Sunday night. I was on with Dave Festcheck of the Toronto Star. And we're going over, what does John Tavares coming to the Leafs mean? Yada, yada. And he said, Andy, uh, you might want to hear this. Um, Adrian Wojnarowski just broke that LeBron James signed with the Lakers. So we had that to go over. Four-year deal, player opt-out in year four for LeBron. So really, it's only a guaranteed three years in Los Angeles. So LeBron to L.A. And then... The trend of the super team, DeMarcus Cousins, Boogie Cousins, signed a one-year deal with the Warriors. And that makes, that gives the Warriors, it would give them a starting five of all, all, all stars, the first time since 1975 with the Celtics. Now, Twitter was blowing up. People were going crazy over this over the weekend. How can the NBA allow this? This is, it's not fair. First of all, and I'm a Raptors fan, and I don't like it, but we're jealous. Let's be honest here. If you're a Leaf fan and you like John Tavares coming to the Leafs because they're stacked and you're pissed that the Warriors get another all-star, a little bit hypocritical. Think about it. Right? It's just because it's not our team. What if the Raptors were able to pull that off? What if they pulled off something crazy and brought in three superstars? Would you hate it? Would you say, oh, this is bad for basketball? Hell No. You'd say, yes, finally. Oh, the Raptors deserve it. Yes, we're, we get to do it now. We get to win titles. If you're a fan of the team, you love it. And if not, you're jealous. I get it. I'm jealous too. I'd love to have the Warriors lineup. And the only people who really think it's bad for basketball is if you are not a fan of that team. Because in the NBA, you have the haves and the have-nots, and there are very few haves. Like, look at what the Cavaliers now. They go from finalists to irrelevant they won't make the playoffs next year. They're not going to do anything crazy. They're going to be looking to bottom out. What are they going to be? Nothing. So you take one guy away. And that's the difference, really, between the NBA and the NHL. As great a piece as John Tavares is, you still need guys around him. You still need a core. And if you question that, just look at what he went through his whole career with the New York Islanders. NBA is so different. You, you literally had LeBron James. Just him. Do everything. And willed that team to the finals. LeBron James off of that team doesn't make the postseason. That's how that's how the difference is. That's why it's so frustrating for either casual basketball fans. Like if you just like the sport, but you don't really have a rooting interest. Yeah, this kind of sucks. On the other side, though, opens up the East. And you can say, okay, well, it's just the East. It's just a, a, a paper champ. And whoever, they'll just be fed to the Lions, whoever is coming out of the West, whether it's Golden State, the Lakers, whatever. But still, you still got to get there. What does that mean for the Raptors? And with Boogie Cousins going there, remember too, he's rehabbing an Achilles injury. He's not going to play until January, February, and then have to get back into game form and then see how he meshes with everybody. So this isn't a day one impact signing. Achilles injuries are tough. To come back from. I'd say if you look Achilles and ACL. Those are the two that typically. If you're a player in in hockey, football, basketball. 
you need a year to really get back to where you were. Doesn't mean you can't play well, but to get fully comfortable, to get the stats back up, to just get rolling again, to fully come back. Because you also have to get comfortable and trust yourself, trust your body again. So Boogie Cousins isn't going to play till January, February. And I guess for the Golden State Warriors, what they're hoping is that means they'll be able to just have him hit his stride heading into the playoffs, which is the whole point. Now with the Lakers, Lebr- right now it's LeBron's, LeBron and Lonzo. How's that dynamic? Lonzo Ball, they're going to need a heck of a lot more if they want to be taken on the Golden State Warriors. And it's a curious decision from a basketball standpoint for LeBron. Because, okay, at least in the East, you were going to get back to the finals. It was going to happen. Keep going, set the records to get back, and then you roll the dice and see what happens in the finals against Golden State. Now you got to go through them at some point. You have to go through Golden State to get there. And for LeBron James, he has... Home out there, uh, the studio work, the movies, TV that show the wall. He's producer of that, so he's he's prepping for post basketball life as well out in Los Angeles. But you still need pieces, and if you can't get Kawhi Leonard there, who by the way is no sure thing himself with injuries and seems to be a bit of a head case, that's the curious move to me. LeBron going there and not pretty much guaranteeing himself a trip back to the finals. That's what's interesting. Still to come to the show, Joe Bowen, play-by-play voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs, James Herbert, NBA writer for CBSSports.com, and Keegan Matheson from Baseball Toronto talking about the return of Jose Bautista with the lowly New York Mets. And thank goodness Jose's coming back, because otherwise there ain't too much to talk about with the Blue Jays at this point. Uh, now, I had a great chat with Dave Poulin, one of our terrific TSN Hockey insiders, former front office executives. Spoke with him on Sunday after the John Tavares signing, and went over a few things with him on the situation and what it means. So uh, started by talking about how does the Leafs forward group shape up now that Tavares is in the mix. Now this addition of John Tavares, because boy, oh boy, from a specialty standpoint, aligning three centermen up, you know, with Nazem Kadri as the number three centerman, which, by the way, he may not like very much. <laughs> right. But, but depth-wise, but, wow. Yeah, depth-wise, I mean... Strength up the middle is paramount for me in hockey, and I can say that as a former centerman. And I played for teams that were good enough to get there. And I knew early in my career, you know, my role when I first came into the Philadelphia Flyers was I was the number one centerman. And all that meant was we weren't good enough to win because we lost the Edmonton Oilers, and they happened to have two centermen named Gretzky and Messier. Ah. And so with all due respect to my own offensive abilities, it was like a – we, we sure as heck aren't good enough with those two guys on the other team. And now, you know, you look at Mark Messier for seven years with a Hall of Fame right winger and Glenn Anderson didn't see a checking line. How are you going to match up against right. Tavares and, and Matthews? I mean, what are you going to do with your defense pairs? And even if you do get the line out there you want against him, what what's going to happen with your number one shutdown defense pair? They can only play against one of those mm-hmm. two. So it creates some really special, special... It'd be really fun to game plan, you know, against them now and figure out what you were going to try and do. And then, you know, then the 30-goal scorer, Nazem Kadri, is the number three center. 
in conversation with our TSN Hockey Insider, Dave Poole. And Dave, let's talk a little bit about the, the front office dynamics away from this. Because you had Lou Lamorello step away, join the Islanders, Kyle Dubas stepping in. And really, hey, we didn't know what to expect out of Kyle Dubas from a running the show at an NHL level standpoint. No idea. There was no track record. And he makes this move. And it takes such a key piece away from his old boss, Lou Lamorello, now in the Islanders. What do you think that says about Dubas as a GM in that whole situation? Well, the dynamics are really crazy. Yeah. They really are. And, you know, Lou Lamorello going to the island, and in four weeks or however long he's been there, maybe not even four weeks, and by the way, he did not leave here of his own design. Right. And that decision was made. And, and so he goes to the Islanders, and in four weeks, a whole bunch of things happen in his favor. I don't even know if it's four weeks. So I'm just throwing it five weeks, whatever. It is. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, a Stanley Cup champion coach falls in his lap in Barry Trotz. How bizarre is that to start with? And then two excellent, excellent draft picks that many people had in the top five of this year's NHL draft, Oliver Wallstrom and Noah Babson, fall into his lap at 11 and 12. And all of a sudden, now everything is lining up, and Matthew Barzell wins rookie of the year. And it seems like, wow, you know, in that short of time, yes, the building is pending. And there was also a very subtle change in the number of home games to be played in Nassau, which I assume Lou Lamorello was responsible for. They were to play single-digit games in Nassau next year, and all of a sudden it was 20 home games in Nassau Hmm. and Brooklyn. So a lot of people didn't even realize that. But the work he was able to get done in a very short period of time, all designed at keeping John Tavares there. And so you were saying, wow, he's actually getting this done. What I fully expected in the last two days was for him to land a top-notch goalie. Right. And, you know, because you go back to Freddie Anderson in Toronto, yes, but the real miracle was Corey Schneider in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. Corey Schneider wasn't available. There's no way Corey Schneider was available when Lou Lamorello got him. And I know that because we were involved with Roberto Luongo in those conversations with Vancouver way back when. And... So he had done all these things, and then for Kyle Dubas, you know, the, the protege who had learned under Lou Lamorello to swoop in and secure that free agent is... It's, it's, it's wild. It's movie scriptish. Yeah. It really is crazy, you know. Um, but it all lined up for them. And, and now, by the way, this is going to totally change the structure and organic plan that Toronto had in place. Sure. It has to. All of a sudden that's not the case, you know, and you know, you're, you're going to win with a different model. Now, if you win, this is not the model that was projected in organic growth and, and drafting and developing and young players. And, you know, we'll see how the young defense, it's just not the case. All of a sudden you've accelerated it enormously and you're in a position now where it's accelerated. You've got a very young group, but it's accelerated in terms of pressures. And the real pressure, without a question, Andy, is on Brandon Pridham. <laughs> sure. Brandon Pridham as the assistant general manager in charge of the salary cap. That was Dave Poulin, TSN Hockey Insider, as I chatted with him on Sunday after the John Tavares signing. And yeah, what, what it means now. What a great problem to have with the Maple Leafs. Stacked. 
up the middle. We're going to take the break and chat with Joe Bowen, play-by-play voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs. How is Bonesy going to feel calling JT and Austin Matthews next season? That is up after the break here in Toronto today. How's it going to be to call JT and Austin Matthews? Joe Bowen on the line. Joe, how's it going, man? I'm good, Andy. How are you today? Oh, uh, Joe, I'm I'm excited. Leafs Nation is ecstatic. How have have you been able to picture in your mind how it's going to be next season calling those two studs and just the way this team is built right now? Well, it's too bad we didn't get the better John Tavares because his uncle was a magnificent <laughs> lacrosse player. Yes, he was. But we're kind of stuck with the other guy who is not a bad hockey player, so I think it'll be fairly exciting. Uh, I really haven't. I mean, uh, everybody's uh, uh, everybody you talk to, well, who's he going to play with? Are they going to keep uh, Matthews with Nylander and Hyman? Is this going to change? And I always point out to them that the media does not coach the team. They have a pretty good guy in charge of that, and he is not going to allow the media to coach the team. But I'm sure that they discussed with, uh, with John about uh, the possibility of playing with all of the above players, including Mitch Marner and others, uh, and the wealth of young talent that they have coming from the Marlies, who is going to uh, augment that talent pool. Um, I, I think it's going to be a very exciting uh, dynamic. Uh, I mean, just thinking of the two power play units that are a possibility that can be thrown out there, uh, and you can name one number one and num- the other number two, but they're going to be equally as good. Uh, the Leafs are going to present an enormous amount of uh, matchup problems for the opposition, and uh, that's going to be an exciting time. I, I don't think scoring is going to be an issue. No. <laughs> uh, but uh, the other aspects of the game are going to have to be looked at and, and various other things. But it is going to be a very, very exciting time for Leaf fans going forward, and I'm, I'm eager to get it going as well. So, Joe, in typical kind of Leaf woe is us fashion, I was doing the show when it went on Saturday and Sunday here on the station, and it was, well, we still need a number one defense. It's like, just enjoy it for a minute, folks. Just please. Yeah. Just, 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 just settle down. Take a deep breath. <laughs> please. Somebody, yes. <laughs> yeah, there, there's, there's lots of work to be done. There's lots of young people that are coming along and, and young, talented defensemen as well. The game is changing so much that you really need people that can move the puck and, and, and skate. And right. I think the Leafs have a wealth of those types of players. Uh, I do believe, though, that uh, as we going forward, and maybe this is my old school uh, thoughts on the matter, when you watch the final between Vegas and Washington, there was a lot of physicality and right. there was a lot of nastiness at times. And I don't believe the Leafs could match up with a team in that regard. Uh, can you play through it? Yes. Do you need some pushback? I believe so. And, and I think that that's an area, as much as uh, everyone talks about the defense, I think at some point in time, some size and some nastiness, maybe, if for the lack of a better term, is going to be required in the forward group somewhere. So uh, in order to protect these guys who are very, very talented, I think that they're going to need to have some people that have some physical uh, um, uh, about them to, to uh, you know, kind of make things uh, even on the ice. Because when you play the Boston Bruins and teams like that, and even the Tampa Bay Lightning, they do have some physicality attached to their game. Yeah, no doubt. In conversation with Joe Bowen, play-by-play voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, now, Joe, with 
Going back to the defense for a minute, we know that's an area of concern, but I was I was thinking that this might be similar, and I totally agree with you with adding the physicality standpoint, but on the defensive side, maybe similar to when the Pittsburgh Penguins won their last cup. Latang was out. They didn't have a stud. That was a weakness, but they overwhelmed you with speed and scoring, and they had a stellar goaltender. If the Leafs kind of follow that pattern with sprinkling in some toughness, like you said, I don't know about you, but I think that might be enough in today's NHL. What do you think? Well, I, I would agree with you. They, uh, Andy, when they won, they had 11 different defensemen uh, yes. through the course of the season. And there really wasn't uh, one that you would say would be the, uh, the one to have. So having said that, I would agree with you. I think that they are certainly in a position to uh, move the puck and, and force you to play more defense than worrying about playing offense. So that's an aspect that's, uh, that they're going to have to present until they can maybe augment themselves with a stud defenseman, if that's the, the, the term that we're using. Uh, but you can certainly win with an awful lot of number twos and number threes, and all you have to do is look at the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Mm-hmm. They didn't get a stud defenseman in the uh, expansion draft. They didn't trade for a stud defenseman throughout the course of the season. They had everybody else's cast-offs. And that defense played pretty well in front of uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, who also played well. Exactly. So if you complement that with Freddie, and a lot's going to be on Freddie Anderson now. If you're going to go that route with all the scoring, uh, and, and Freddie played very good last year, but that pressure is going to continue and probably grow a bit, I would think, too, right? Well, you know what? And, and, and I think we better start thinking about Garrett Sparks, too. I mean, with all of yeah. the youngsters that are coming up from, uh, from the minors, I, this young man has paid his dues. Uh, has gone back and played in the American Hockey League and done everything that they could possibly have asked for him. And that includes being the goaltender of the year uh, and winning virtually every award in the American Hockey League. Uh, I think at some point in time, uh, he's got to be given a a chance. And if he's given a chance, I think it means more than just doing the mop-up jobs for Frederick Anderson. I think he plays a little bit more than maybe the, the backup role and gives Anderson some uh, much-needed rest and everything else. So I, I think that uh, that is an aspect of uh, this team going forward that I'm very excited about as well. I think their goaltending is going to be in really good hands uh, with both those and uh, you know, coming forward. I think you have to give Garrett Sparks an opportunity to play. In conversation with Joe Bowen, play-by-play voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs on Twitter, at Bonesy Tweets. Uh, Joe, we have a Twitter poll up, and outside of... The, the, getting the stud defender, the next question, of course, is, well, who should be the Maple Leafs captain? we got to have a captain. And now it's, is it, is it John Tavares? I vote for Wendell Clark. Wendell Clark, give it to Wendell. <laughs> just have him on the bench just sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, but no, just bring his jersey out. Bring his pin, pin it up behind Mike Babcock, and everybody goes home happy. And he's right? like, there you go. You like Wendell, don't you? Now, right? why do you have to have a captain? <laughs> and that was number three in our poll question, no captain. So JT, Matthews, or no captain, just have kind of have the rotating four Assistance have, 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 have the four assistants. This, I know that it's a big deal. In uh, it's a bigger deal probably in minor hockey where mm. your best player gets to see and oh boy, there he is. He's the you know. But the, the bottom line is, you don't have to have a C on your jersey to be the leader in the dressing room. What they should do is whoever is the most articulate and doesn't mind standing in front of all of the massive media after each win or loss, 
you're the captain for today. You go talk to these guys, and that's where that's where the captain is. I mean, I mean, they do have obviously responsibilities, and it is a, a tremendous honor. And with it goes a lot of team stuff and orientation and 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 leadership for sure. But you don't need to have a letter on your jersey to be a leader in that dressing room. It will sort itself out. There's no rush, um, and I think that when they get everybody together. Uh, they will um, make a decision whether it is going to have a captain or there isn't. I mean, years ago, Rob Ramage arrived here uh, without ever pulling a jersey on, and they put the C on his jersey before he got to Toronto. I don't think that's right either. And that's a situation I think that uh, they've gone a couple of years without one. There obviously isn't an an enormous rush within the organization or, with more importantly, within the dressing room to have – that one guy that we all have to look to because I think they're all taking that leadership role and taking it uh, piecemeal as to what I can do to help with this team as a leader, and they're all doing that on their own. Yeah, and Joe, it all, all depends on the dynamic of the room. As you said, who's comfortable with it? And if you if we go real old school, Mark Messier wasn't captain of those Oilers teams, right? And, and you could say he was the emotional leader of that team, and it worked in the room because of the dynamics. So you're absolutely right. As long as the room, the players, the people in it, the personalities blend, then the, the captaincy almost becomes more for us, the fans, and the media, I think, at a certain point. Absolutely, and that's, that's it's, it's kind of an uh, ironic situation that it's the media clamoring for a captain, yeah. not the players. Right. And, I mean, really, when you get right down to it, it's the players that are going to decide whether there's going to be a captain or there isn't going to be a captain, and the captain is going to present himself through the uh, dynamic of the room, and that will be decided at that time. So leave things alone. I'm sure that it'll all get sorted out. And uh, until then, Wendell Clark. And until then, Wendell Clark, the jersey behind Babcock. I love it. Joe, thank you so much. Rest those vocal cords, man. There's going to be a lot of... Going to be a lot of holy mackinaws. Well, let's oh. hope so, and that I'm looking forward to uh, a great season. The one thing it does, Andy, I think, is give this whole franchise hope mm-hmm. that in the next five years or so, they're going to get into the tournament. And that's something that we've not been able to say here in Toronto. They're going to have a good regular season. They'll get into the tournament. And then it's every man for himself. Yeah. Things change, injuries, dynamics, whatever. Uh, whether they win a cup or not, they're going to have an opportunity to. And I think that's the most important aspect because all you have to do is look at the Washington Capitals. A year ago at this time, they were done. It yeah. was over. The yeah. window of opportunity had shut. And uh, they're walking around with the Stanley Cup, and I think Ovechkin is almost sober. <laughs> almost. He still has a bit of time before camp. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Joe, enjoy the rest of your summer, sir. Thank you so much. You bet, Andy. Anytime. Thank you. All right. Joe Bowen, best in the biz. The bib, best in the business. Joe Bowen, play-by-play voice of your Toronto Maple Leafs. How about that? We should add that to the poll question. Just have Wendell Clark's jersey hanging behind Mike Babcock. Everyone likes Wendell, right? We'll take the break. We're going to hear from John Tavares as he spoke to the Toronto media. We'll talk a little NFL. Jay Cutler says he's probably done with football. Cam Chancellor hanging it up. We'll talk more Maple Leafs. Some Joey Bats. Blue Jays conversation. A lot more coming up on Toronto today. LeBron James to the Lakers and what it all means for the Toronto Raptors in a suddenly wide open Eastern Conference. Then at 120, Keegan Matheson from Baseball Toronto. Jose Bautista's return with the Mets. 
He's doing okay. Was hitless on Canada Day, but had the previous four games hit safely in those. Not bad. And how about this, folks? You don't need to go anywhere today. Just keep it on TSN 1050. Because at 425, on overdrive, the man, John Tavares, JT himself. We've been gushing over him since he signed on the weekend. John Tavares joins overdrive. I'll repeat it. 425 this afternoon. 425. Set the alarm on your phone, whatever you need to do, 425 JT on overdrive. Tyler Bozak, now former Toronto Maple Leaf, he signed a three-year deal with St. Louis, and he'll be a guest on Landsberg in the morning tomorrow at 8.30 a.m. Minor deal with the Toronto Argonauts, by the way. Uh, Argonauts tweeting out, uh, we've acquired U.S. defensive lineman Eric Stryker from the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in exchange for a player on our neg list. So there's a little Argos news. And by the way, I'll have CFL Weekly, your Canadian Football League dose, this evening at 9 p.m. right here on TSN 1050. So CFL Weekly as well. Big day on the station. Lots to go. Lots to go on. And John Tavares. Let's get back to JT, who again, 425 on Overdrive this afternoon. Spoke with the Toronto media. He was signed. And I didn't know what to expect when he he spoke. He's a, he's a quieter guy. Was it going to be just a bland, happy to be here, whatever? John Tavares opened up, and I think if not that you'd ever be on the fence if you're a Leaf fan about it, but you fell more in love with this guy the more he spoke. We'll we'll play a few clips here from his presser meeting the Toronto media. John Tavares, he first says that his heart was was tearing apart making the decision to leave Long Island. It just felt right. I I just, from from the meeting we had um, to my feelings over the few days, and then yesterday just... uh, really just feeling right and it was what I wanted to do and I knew uh, it was maybe a little bit of the uncomfortable thing to do but I didn't want that to hold me back from taking a chance at a great opportunity and you know just going to try to put my best foot forward and do the best I can and um, obviously uh, um, I believe we can do some special things. Uh, John Tavares on joining the May Police and how about that going out of his comfort zone maybe a little uncomfortable and hockey players a lot of the stars, you get very quiet, very reserved, don't want to rock the boat, do what's, quote, right, the safe thing. NBA guys are running all over the place. They'll go super team, they don't care. Baseball, highest bidder, go for it. But John Tavares, it looked, there was at least the potential that he was going to go the Stephen Stamkos route. Okay, stay in Tampa. Start, let's just play it safe. Was the Toronto media going to be too much for him? Was the hype or the expectations of the, the chosen one, the son returning home and leading this group along with Austin Matthews? Was it going to be too much? He wanted to go outside his comfort zone. What does that mean? And don't forget, too, he left money on the table. We didn't know what John Tavares's motivation was. Everybody says they want to win titles, sure. Everybody says they want that. But you don't know. A person's actions tell you if it was about the money, Tavares could have gone somewhere else and got more money. Left $2 million a year, reportedly, on the table. Over seven years, that's $14 bucks. Now, I know you're rich, but hey, it's not up to us to say how much is enough money for somebody. That's a lot of coin. So it wasn't about the money. Was it about being anonymous, being safe, being, or going somewhere warm climate-wise? Could have gone to San Jose. Tampa Bay was a bit of an outlier. Maybe Dallas. Could have stayed in Long Island. No, he went outside his comfort zone to come home. 
You saw the picture on his Twitter. Him in the Maple Leaf bedsheets as a little boy. He wanted to do it. How special does that make you feel as a Leaf fan? Like, don't you just want to start playing right? Let's go. Let's do it. John Tavares also spoke about, he's excited about where this team, where this now Leaf team is going to be going. You know, you can only think about the trajectory they're on, and I think that's what gets me excited is, you know, those uh, those players are so good at such a young age in such a big spotlight, they want the puck in all situations at any time of the game. And yeah, now with John Tavares, and here's the other point. He isn't expected to be just the only guy. In the island, it was him. Right? Everything circled around John Tavares. And in Toronto, let's be fair, now we know Mitch Marner and William Nylander and company, but all of the pressure, first overall pick, it should be there, was on Austin Matthews. Well, now you're able to split that. If Tavares has an off night, Matthews is there to pick him up. Vice versa. Right? You, you have that extra weapon. You have that extra stud to be able to share it. So it's not all on you. Austin Matthews, some pressure has been alleviated from him. With Tavares, it's all hype now. But some of that gets shifted back to Matthews. Like, you're, you're comfortable, more comfortable than you would be if it was just the guy and you're the only one who could do it. And the TSN Hockey Panel ties in with our Twitter poll question at TSN 1050 Radio at AndyMC81 of who do you want to be the next Maple Leafs captain. Joe Bowen, who we had on, said just hang a Wendell Clark jersey up. Do you like that? That's not an option in the poll. We put it up before. But maybe, maybe you want a Wendell jersey. Or do you want it to be John Tavares? Do you want to be Austin Matthews or no captain and have the rotating four assistants? Well, the TSN hockey panel talked about just that, the debate between Tavares and Matthews for the Leafs' captaincy. There's two different scenarios. Tavares, he's been a captain for nine years, hasn't he? He's got experience in doing it. Austin Matthews, maybe it's something that he's not even that interested in. I mean, I'm not going to say that interested in, but it's not something that's mandatory for him. Him being assistant, learning from John Tavares is a situation that would work out good for everybody. Yeah, I think you've signed your captain. I do, and I don't think you can take it away from him during his tenure either. I think he's your captain until he's not your captain. No, I'm not taking it away from him, but I think that John Tavares can recognize if he feels fit to say, okay, it's time for me to hand it over. The only time this is a real problem mm-hmm. is if the personalities are so big uh-huh. and somebody has to, to fight over it. Now, Wayne Gretzky was the captain in Edmonton. I wouldn't say Mark Messier had a small personality. No, he was no, probably right. that emotional and, leader. Right, but I mean, like, it worked. It fit. And that's what it all comes down to. The personality fit. Are there egos involved? Does somebody need an ego stroked? Or... Is this group, is this young group, really all about just working together and trying to win a title? And we won't know that until John Tavares comes into camp. Right? He's still in this front. 27 years old, John Tavares. So what is that personality going to be like? We won't know until that gets in there. But really... Like I spoke about with Joe Bowen, this a lot of this more comes down to the fans and the media. If it's not important to the guys in the room, I would much rather there be no captain if that's what makes that group comfortable. Be comfortable, focus on hockey, and win this city a cup. It doesn't matter if no one has a C. If you're hoisting the cup, put whatever letter you want on it. doesn't matter. doesn't matter at all. Uh, top of the hour, James Herbert, NBA writer for CBSSports.com, will join me talk about all the NBA storylines, what it means to the Raptors, LeBron going to the Lakers, Keegan Matheson from Baseball Toronto, 
Also, at 2 o'clock, uh, World Cup action resumes. Colombia versus England, last match of the round of 16. And we'll get into a little bit of uh, NFL storylines as well. You have Cam Chancellor hanging him up. But the Seattle Seahawks wrote a letter, has neck injuries, wants to preserve his quality of life and not chance it. That brings an end to the Legion of Boom in Seattle with the Seahawks. Richard Sherman's gone. Chancellor's gone. Like the pieces have just been filed out. And now it's really left to Russell Wilson and uh, try to do a rejig on the fly for Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. And where that team was at, remember, so two straight Super Bowls, win one, obviously, the, the one where you didn't hand it to Marshawn Lynch still haunts them, I'm sure. But for all the titles they're supposed to win, that's how quick the window can open and close. So the Legion of Boom is dead in Seattle as they try to reinvent themselves. I wonder if we'll see as many Seahawk hats around with those fake Seahawk fans. That's the thing that, that gets me, too. With the NFL, with any sport really, right? You, you see Golden State Warriors jerseys and shirts around before the super team. Fairweather fake fans. Yeah, no one's going to be cheering for the Seattle Seahawks. That's nah, better than being a fake Browns fan, wow. Andy. Dude, fake Keith Bauer. No one's a fake Browns fan. <laughs> That's diehard. You want to talk about bitter and jealous of super teams? I'm, I'm jealous of having a team. Please. Can I have more than one win in two years? Jameis Winston uh, also going to be serving the three-game suspension for an Uber incident. Inappropriate. And Jay Cutler says that he probably will be done with football. He was with the Dolphins last year, 6-10. and 10. They went in 2017, and Ryan Tannehill will be back. Um, Jay Cutler, his numbers were okay, but it's over 62%. Actually, his best completion rate in a couple of years, 19 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. But I think for Jay Cutler, it's, it's time to go. Maybe he'll stick in the booth this time. And we'll see if that's it for Jay Cutler. Uh, it will be basketball talk after the Sports Center update. James Herbert, NBA writer for CBS Sports, is next here on Toronto today.